Welcome to episode 223 of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. On today's episode, we discuss the remaining bowls in 2023 and the beginning of 2024, including two playoff games. You can find this on our website, SaturdayDownSouth.com and Apple and Spotify. Don't forget to join us for the live show, although this Sunday, New Year's Eve, no live show. Uh, but Mike, drunk, huh? Thank you. Yes. Uh, well, usually every Saturday, every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. Go share the pod with your friends, everybody. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, my co-host, Chris Marler. Chris, we, we're entering into some, some fun bowls. I mean, the bowls have been fun, but yeah. you get the good matchups. We'll see who's playing in what games. Are you I excited? You were doing the, the cold open reading there when, yep. I, when I chimed in. Yeah, you did chime in there. That was tough. This is going to be a good day. Listen, I got a, I got a thing of tater tots here. Big-ass Diet Coke. We have at least six games we're going to in like it, preview. I wouldn't say in-depth, but we're going to give you a bunch of especially gambling numbers that you're going to be interested in. Love that. Um, and then talk about some of the other games, too. It's been like, a, like you said, it's been a, kind of a fun bowl season so far. Yeah, some of the matchups that have already occurred. I mean, not exactly big names, but you've had some exciting games. I mean, guaranteed rate bowl doesn't sound like it's going to be a great game, but Kansas UNLV, I think we did talk about that in our preview, that that would probably yeah. be one of the more fun games to watch. Um, a lot of fireworks in that game. A lot of flags in that game. Yes, yeah. Uh, Texas State had its own little unique twist to it. Yeah, yeah. Um... Also, like that always feels kind of weird to me because like Texas State is playing in the it was the first responders first responder bowl? bowl, yeah. Okay, so first responders bowl, and um, they they're playing in Texas against another team from Texas, and they're playing in the stadium of a Texas school. So mm-hmm. Rice and Rice and Texas State. I don't know where Texas State is. Rice is in Houston. They're playing in Dallas. I believe it's in Galveston. It's southeast. Beaumont? Beaumont. Um, And then they were playing in Dallas, which I assume would be SMU's field. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out to that fan base. because going on there. Whole lot of Texas going on. Whole lot of Texas. They were giving away guns and free... um, Never mind. Um, They were giving away guns... (laughs) As like the parting gift, what if like that? Honestly, that's the bowl. Just guns. If the first responders bowl or the Texas bowl was around, like before a lot of like PC stuff, it would not surprise me. They're like, yeah, man, we got a six shooter for all the kids, <laughs> and some spurs, and some spurs. Um, yeah. But what yeah, happened? Was, yeah. uh, that game was wild because of one specific thing that happened too, which was Texas State won. It's their first ever bowl game. They won. They Storm the field. They drink the stadium dry, first off. Literally. Literally. They 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 drank their entire side dry by halftime. Then went to the other side. Started working on that. They drank the entire stadium dry by the third by the end of the third quarter. Then at the end of the game, they stormed the field, which does not happen in bowl games. No, not typically. No. 
Clemson might. I'm sure Dabo will orchestrate like them still storming their own home field while they're playing in the Gator Bowl. But yeah, like, I have a pizza they, party right there in midfield. Yeah, hell yeah, brother. Um, they stormed the field and then the trophy went missing. Damn, that's a damn shame. Where do you think it is now? Like some frat house. Yeah, gotta be. They had to have gotten it back. You had the uh, South Alabama just drubbing Eastern Michigan, and and then the the guy comes out of the like basically locker room and like just cold cocks somebody from behind. Yeah, cheap shot. Yeah, they got beat by like fifty nine. Yeah, that was that was crazy. But yeah, uh, I mean, Western and Utah was pretty good, even though it was like it was like bad offense, um, but it was still somehow a fun game. It was cool to see Northwestern win that one. Yeah, dude, Northwestern. They're like, I mean, obviously Northwestern is not like a huge college football story, but if you really follow the sport, like the fact they they lost their coach, like basically after spring ball this summer. They did. It was after July fourth. Yeah, and they weren't projected to be good anyways, but that even made their win total. I think was like two and a half. What they ended up winning eight games. Eight games. They went eight and five. It's incredible. Yeah, good for them. Just shows you how bad Big Ten is, am I right? I mean, they would have won the ACC. That's fair. Well, if they if they would have gone undefeated in the ACC, there's no chance of getting in that shot. How are you doing with everything? By the, the invitational. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of sick of I'm, I'm kind of sick of well, Florida State being in the headlines. You know, I, I won't lie. I've had For several all. DMs asking about a wellness check on you. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad. Look, the, the whole thing of getting out of the ACC, like that's been happening behind the scenes. I mean, they they publicly came out that they're going to have to do something back before the season even started. So it's kind of getting lumped in with like we felt that we got cheated, so we had to make this move, and it was like this was our down the pike no matter what. Um, but you know, you mix that in with like people like incessantly like attacking Kirk Herbstreit and everyone from ESPN basically every day still. And then you got like 20 players opting out of the game. It's just, I'm ready for next season to start. <laughs> it you. sucks too. Cause we went undefeated and it's like, normally you'd be super excited for a, a game like this. And it's just like, clearly the team isn't. No. So. Well, hold on and take, take me through this real quick. Also, I, we said this on the, I'm, right now the military bowl is on. Yeah. Two lane in Virginia tech. We said this on our podcast beforehand. Damn, Tulane scored, huh? Yeah, they did. Um, we said this on the podcast before this, that this game always is like in some shit weather, and it is a monsoon right now. Yeah, it looks disgusting. Yeah. Um, anyway, so real quick, take us through the Florida State thing, because I saw that they're going to have to have like, Five hundred and seventy-four million dollars in a buyout. Well, that's what they're trying to argue that it does. It makes no sense for it to be that high. Right. The last team to leave or the last school to leave the ACC was Maryland back in twenty fourteen. Yeah, and it did fifty million dollars to get out of the deal. So they're like, their their legal team is trying to argue that, like, hey, it's not like the ACC's media deal has gotten that much better. better. To where now it should cost someone five hundred and fifty million dollars to exit, yeah. and you know I, I'm not an attorney, but I've listened to um, Bud Elliott actually, who's a big Florida State guy. He also does national stuff for uh, Cover Three. He's actually an attorney. That's what his degree's oh, wow. in. 
So he's he's got some pretty good stuff on it, but there's they're actually trying to find a loophole to get out of it for zero exit fee. And th- they think they have enough to do it, but I think the idea would be to settle on some number that's much less than the 500 million but probably more than zero. Um but yeah, yeah. They're, they're trying to get out and look it Honestly, they're they're they've basically been willing to be like we'll be the villains here. Notice how Clemson's just kind of lurking in the weeds. They're not saying anything. You've got yeah. like ADs from like Wake Forest being like, well, we, you know, we stay strong with the ACC. It's like, okay, great, Wake, because what else would you do if the ACC crumbles? Right? Yeah. Like, so, but you're, you're, it's interesting to see Clemson kind of just letting Florida State kind of take the brunt of it. And if they can get, well, be successful, then they're going to they're gonna bring their lawsuit right behind ours, guaranteed. Robert, here's the thing, and what you don't understand with that just hedonistic bullshit school down there that I'm pretty sure last time I checked has one of the highest STD rates in the country and also has a school for circuses. That's right. So if you want to talk about the devil's work, then yeah, look right at Florida State. You want mm-hmm. to talk about a godly man, Dabo Swinney, mm-hmm. of course he's not coming out and saying anything during, during the Lord's birthday. That's fair. I know. You make a solid point. Always. Um, but we'll see. Uh, you know, obviously we'll be in the ACC next year, but I think it's very it's going to be very similar to th- they've already n- they're negotiating a deal with a private equity company, which you know about those. Um, of course, anybody needs any help like navigating through those waters? Let me know. Yeah, um, maybe we'll have you do a solo pod all about private equity money and how it works in college football. But the next time you're sick, I'll just do that. <laughs> just you uh, know what? We'll just spin a wheel, and you guys you guys can ask me whatever you want. But basically, uh, in a nutshell, they're like financing a buy a buyout from the conference because just the viability. They want to compete for championships. It's plain and simple. There's probably only right. two or there's probably three or four schools in the ACC that like actually want to try to compete for a football championship. And those four schools are being the most quiet right now, waiting for things yeah. to work. And you can't compete for championships when you're fifty million dollars annually behind schools in your region that are competing for the same championship. So they had to make a move and we'll see what happens, but I'm happy they did. Just, uh, I mean, you know, just adds to all the bullshit that's off the field about Florida state yeah. right now. I'm biased obviously because you're my co-host and, and one of my best friends, but I will tell you that I think that you made a better point than anyone has made this entire season. And that is that you were the, the first one I heard say it might be the only one I heard say it, but the whole point of what they're saying, like what the or what the committee is saying, is unless you are in the AC or the SEC or the Big Ten, you don't matter. And I think yeah. that's, I mean, like what what's really scary about this, and I know I'm going to sound stupid for saying it, but I do that enough anyway. So I I really feel like it's a scary, scary place. Like like I try to be as objective as possible. I, I genuinely do. I say that all the time. But I'm sure that I'm biased sometimes and, and like, you know, whether it's good or bad, I, like my, my view of Alabama is skewed constantly um, based off of, you know, like like emotional hedging or whatever. If you have like actual, not an emotional investment into it, but but a financial investment into this, like ESPN is going to have, it is very difficult to sit here and look at this. And like, like you think about the changing landscape of the entire sport, right? Like NIL, transfer portal all the TV contracts, all of it coming back to money. And the reason they're making these decisions, I just have a hard time thinking that all of a sudden, once we like get to 12 teams that whoever's governing over this, which is the committee 
is going to not have some sort of influence and bias towards SEC and Big Ten and 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 programs that they're covering and paying a shit ton of money to cover. Yeah, I mean, Florida State was the only school outside of the the Big Ten and the SEC in the top twelve in the final rankings. Like That's if you insane. take into the fact like Texas and Oklahoma being future SEC and US yeah. era, Oregon and Washington being Big Ten. So, you know, you better get in that pool if you want to compete. Um, and I mean, look, I think what's going to happen, because, of course, everyone's going to publicly say, well, like the Big Ten and the SEC don't want Florida State, but they're legally bound to the ACC. So they, no one could ever come out and say, like, yeah, we want them. Right. Um, what I think is going to happen is Florida State, the Big Ten will try to get Florida State because it plants their flag right in the middle of the South, which they don't have anything in. And um, it's going to be up to the SEC whether they want to counter that or just let Florida State go to the Big Ten. That's, I, and, but I think they'll, they'll obviously be in one of the two. I think that it's one thing that's scary too is I think there's a lot, it's a slippery slope to get into that argument, what you just said about, you know, the top 12 is only one team outside, outside of the SEC or Big Ten. It is, it's been a different year. Right, like yeah. the Pac-12 has never been this deep in in the playoff era. It doesn't seem like um, the Big Ten has the, the you know the Big Three as usual. Uh, the Big Twelve is Texas and OU as usual, and it just so happens that next year yeah. those teams are all going like all the the powerhouse teams that are in those other two conferences are going to be consolidated into two other conferences that already seem to get like if they're going to get two in. It was the Big Ten a year ago, the SEC a year before that. Um, SEC again in 2017. I, 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 it is, it is worrisome to look at like, like just like I said, like the landscape of the sport and wonder if like, like there hasn't been a single decision that's been made, big picture wise, that I think is strictly for the benefit of the student athlete or benefit of the fan. And it just that's just that's what worries me. I, I'm not going to stop watching college football. I'm not going to stop being passionate about college football. But it is definitely something that you're like, oh man, that's a little bit concerning. Yeah. Yeah, it, it moves every day. And I mean, at some point, it's going to get so big that the players are going to have to become employees of the school. There's just oh, no way around it. Well, think about this too. Like, even from just like a perception standpoint, like the optics of it, like this year, it, it could really, you can make a case that it's going to hurt the 12 team playoff even more because next year, like, I have a hard time believing that, that the committee is going to put 11 of 12 teams from two conferences in, right? I mean, they, they might, but I don't, we, haven't, we haven't gone down that route yet, so I don't, I don't know. But Or gone down that road yet, so I don't know. But also, like, if you slip in a Arizona who will be in the Big 12 next year, even with, like, you know, how high we've been on them, they're 9-3, and three, like, they could have been knocking on the door. Like, are, are they going to shove in, like, some of these like kind of leftover schools. I mean, the Big Twelve is is like a a fucking melting pot of kind of mediocrity at this point going into next yeah. year. So it's like, are they going to shove in like a ten and two Big Twelve team that's probably going to get boat raced in round one? Um, and, and I tell you what, last thing I'll say on it: Have you seen Have you seen the the schedule for next year for the playoff? No. When, when did that sick. get released? Um, well, let me pull it up real quick. 2024, no, 2025. Um, it was our, I, I put it up on my Instagram, I think. But remember, this is going to be the 12 teams. So this is what the, this is what it'll look like. First round on campus, Friday, December 20th, you have one game. Just one. 
Saturday, December 21st, you have three games. Noon, four, and eight. Right. So it's like the NFL, basically. Right. So then, then you get the quarterfinals. So you have the Fiesta Bowl will be on Tuesday, December 31st. Then on Wednesday, January 1st, you get the Peach Bowl, Rose Bowl, and Sugar Bowl. Right? Then, then you get the semifinals, which will happen on Thursday, the 9th, and Friday, the 10th. Thursday, the 9th, will be the Orange Bowl. Friday, the 10th, it'll be the Cotton Bowl. And then on Monday, January 20th, you will get the national championship game in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Wow. Full month of it. That's crazy, man. That is, yeah. that's, that's, that's a lot of football, which I love. I'm very, very excited for the format of it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I love the fact they're doing on-campus games, and I do love the fact that it, they're going to be incorporating all the bowl games, the New Year's Six bowl games into it. Yeah, no, it is cool. Um, before we move on to the actual slate of bowls, is Ole Miss just going to get every like best portal player this year? Dude, what is he pitching them? Also, like... It, it is hilarious to watch. Now Evan Stewart is like he's like apparently that they're in his like top three. Good friend of our of our show, who has a lot of ties to AM. I'm not going to get into who. Mm-hmm. I tweeted that out immediately about Evan Stewart hopefully going to Bama, and within like minutes he was like, "You don't want that. Just trust me, you do not want that." Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think he's a but good Lando. fit there. Yeah, like. How much how much money could Ole Miss be trying to pitch these kids? Because if you're in the portal, I just have so many. It's it's very bizarre to me that Walter Nolan at, at no point it seemed interested in Tennessee at all, despite being from Tennessee out of high school. Um, but yeah, man, like it, what they've been able to do on the defensive side of the ball, you cannot. Yeah, they knew they needed me. upgrade, dude. It, it, you cannot convince me that that's because. These kids are like, I want to go play for Pete Golding. Yeah, well, I don't know what it was, but man, they're putting together a, a pretty talented squad for next year. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. All right, we're recording on Wednesday, so there are a couple games tonight. I don't know if you have any plays on them. Like you said, right now we've got the military bowl on in the background. Yeah. Virginia Tech up twenty four seventeen. I bet Virginia Tech minus eight and a half live when they were tied. Uh, so like that. Um, any other plays you, you like anything in the AM Oklahoma State game? And the, in the I got Virginia Tech five at six and a half right after they, they got tied, so that was nice. Um, I, so the the West Virginia game, this will be my Chris Marler is ignorant bowl because I saw this and I was like, oh, how is UNC not favored? And then you look at it because like West Virginia is like a six point favorite. I didn't know West Virginia was eight and four. Well, they are eight and four, and also Drake May is out, Tez Walker is out. Um, right. I think their starting three receivers are all out. Um, their starting tight end is out. It's just they don't have any players, man. <laughs> Dude, West Virginia, West Virginia lost to Penn State by twenty three, right at Penn State. They lost. At Houston by two, which is inexcusable because Houston was terrible. Then they lost by 14 at home against Oklahoma State and then lost by 39 at Oklahoma. They don't really have a, a great win on their under their belt, 
like Pitt, Texas Tech, TCU, UCF, BYU, Cincy, and Baylor. I think they're probably the the play though. Um, I think I think the over is the play. It doesn't matter because our listeners were like, "Good, it's like a day late." Interested to see what A and M looks like tonight in the Texas Bowl against Oklahoma State. Um, maybe my favorite non on the field moment of bowl season so far. Did you see the fact that their pregame festivities, like people are doing trivia, three point contests, karaoke, mm-hmm. they had a full on fucking rodeo. Yeah. Did you guys see I this? Did, I think I did see that. I did see that. They were like trying to rope like a cow or something. <laughs> just, it seems like a very dangerous thing to do before any game or just really ever. You know why I don't love things with live animals, exotic and wild animals? Because you Cause can't, you can't talk your way out of anything with a wild fucking animal because they're yeah. wild animals. Kicking around. Yeah. They don't yeah. have hands most of the time. They're using their feet to talk, which is not okay. They're like MMA fighters, but with like the inability to speak. So like retired MMA fighters. So mm. they, I, it, I was probably too much. Dude, on radio this morning, somebody said, whatever happened to KJ Costello? And I said, I don't know. I think the Clintons got a hold of him. And they oh. were just like, no, not okay. <laughs> no, we don't think that actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I think that that game will be interesting just because I'm pretty sure A&M is down to like 55 scholarship players. Um, yeah. Louisville USC tonight, like again, glossing over these, like, like I love that Louisville's favored. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like. It's, it's in San Diego, but like, I would just love to see USC get beat again, to be honest. I, I'm so sick of them. Um, just kind of scrolling through some of the other games before we get to the New Year's six ones. What jumps off the page to you? I'm looking at Thursday, just going in chronological order. Don't give a shit about Rutgers Miami at all. Could not think of two fan bases I would want to hang. That out line has moved a ton. Rutgers is now favored by two and a half. It's um, in Stadium. That's like all my least favorite things mixed together. I think the NC State Kansas State Pop Tarts Bowl will be fun. Um, I saw, yeah, edible trophy. Um, I saw that uh, NC State is. N- only won 10 games in a season one time and they're nine and three. So I think they'll be the very motivated team in this game. Yeah. So I like them plus two and a half. Um, Arizona, Oklahoma will be fun. Just I'm going to auto take the over in that game. It's in a dome Two offenses. You get to, we'll, we'll see Jackson Arnold for the first time. Yeah. And then of course, Arizona was kind of the darling, one of the darling stories of the season. Um, Clemson, Kentucky, and the Gator Bowl. I mean, hold on, hold on, I, hold on, hold on, real quick. That that comment you made about NC State, I love that. Yeah, I think NC State's kind of quietly had a good year. Like they weren't supposed oh. to do anything really, and they have a chance to win ten games. They're so, nine and three. I'm assuming they lost to y'all. We didn't play them this year. Okay, well, with no divisions. Um, they're playing Kansas State though, who's without their quarterback. Uh, by the way, Will Howard, who I've, I've been very, very complimentary of. Um, yeah, their it's losses me. are to Louisville, Notre Dame, and Duke. Those are at Duke when they were ranked with Riley Leonard. Uh, at home against Notre Dame and then in Louisville, they lost by three against Louisville. That's that's a really good team. That's a really good year. Yeah, I know. It's a, They've very quietly been good. Um, it. 
quick note because you mentioned Will Howard. Isn't it weird that like these top QBs that are in the portal, just none of them are doing anything right now? Very weird. And it's also weird to me that his three potential destinations and landing spots that he himself said was Ohio State, USC, and the NFL. And that makes me kind of think, and I could be wrong with this because I've been very high on Will Howard, kind of makes me feel like this is going to be one of our first examples of, okay, this is like a junior leaving early and not getting drafted type thing for me. This is like a fuck around like, and find out? I don't think he's that, he's not like that level of good, I don't think. No, I mean, so the the read I have on the situation is I think everyone's waiting to see what Cam Ward does. Yeah. And he's basically down to Florida State, Miami, and the NFL. And it, rumors are that he's kind of leaning to go into the NFL. He goes NFL. I think DJU will go to Florida State. Will Howard will go to probably USC. But I don't know. I mean, there's just, everybody's in holding pattern right now. I mean, classes start in like fucking 10 days. I know. Um, what a sport. Uh, what a Clemson, sport. <laughs> Clemson, Kentucky. Um, Kentucky plus five. I think I kind of like the weirdly the under in this game. No, I don't like Kentucky's offense. Clemson's defense was actually re- still really good this year, and Clemson's offense isn't good. So right. that's just going to be like a low scoring game, in my opinion. Well, they're missing a lot of players on defense though, for Clemson. They are, but uh, I just yeah. I think most of their talent. They had like three freshman All American um, on the defensive side this year. I think. Yeah. So. I don't know. I still like, I still like their defense. Uh, Oregon State, Notre Dame. I think is a, again on paper you'd think it's good, but Sam Hartman not playing, DJU not playing. Yeah, they're back up. They're down to the third string quarterback, and they don't have a head coach. <laughs> I don't know. Like you, you said off air, you're like that's gonna be a good game, and I was like, in what world? I don't know. Well, it's still the spread's only six points. In favor of um, Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm taking. Yeah, I'm taking Notre Dame there. I don't know if I've ever seen a Notre Dame fan base. They could get to 10 wins. They probably will get to 10 wins. And I don't know if I've ever seen a fan base that is, like, less interested in their bowl game. Because Notre Dame will travel. This is also my least favorite bowl. And always has been. It is absolutely fucking depressing. The Sun Bowl? It's the worst. I hate the time. I hate the time slot. It comes on at 2 o'clock in the middle of other games. It's on, on CBS. CBS. It's, it's, like... During bowl season, at least, I never flip over to CBS. It is the weirdest fucking thing. And, and like, they, I feel like they always have, it's almost like, like, if you watched a beauty pageant between two girls that are now, like, selling fucking fit tea on Facebook. from like, they were, like, maybe, home, like, like, homecoming queens, like, 20 years ago. Like, every time they have someone in here, it's somebody that's, like, just a little past relevancy. No, that makes sense. Um, I think, well, okay, there's two more games, and then we get to the, the big games. Auburn, Maryland, Talia. What, what's going on here? I don't know. I didn't realize how good that graphic looked, though. It's really good. Oh, you just wanted to show that again, didn't you? Yeah, it looks really good. Um, is out, yeah. Talia's out. Maryland's plus seven. I don't know anything about Maryland's backup quarterback, but... Let me just tell you something right now. There are a few things... She's not listening, so I don't care how this sounds. Few things that have been more fucking insufferable and exhausting in this little dead period called bowl season than Auburn fans. They have been fucking. I told you, I've said it a thousand times, Tyler. What? Because of recruiting? They're too stupid to insult, and I've said it a thousand times. 
They went six and six. They lost by 21 to New Mexico State. And all I've heard is, dude, did you see that recruiting class? That recruiting class? Dude, they're going up, they're going to play in Nashville in the Music City Bowl. And and there I saw a tweet today that was like, Welcome to Jordan Hare North. Welcome to Auburn North, the Opry Hotel. Buddy, just because you guys like took over Nashville for the Vanderbilt game, I don't know how to break this to you. Every fucking team does that. Every team does that. It's fair. What like shut the fuck up? But to be fair, I don't I don't see a ton of Maryland fans getting jazzed up for this one. No, I think Auburn's gonna win and cover. It's a perfect it's this is like a perfect spot for Auburn because like again, they should be down in the dumps. They lost in Mexico State. They 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 lost in heartbreaking fashion to Alabama, but unlike any other fan base, you say that to an Auburn fan, they're like, dude, we were so close. How, how bad are you guys that you almost lost to us? I mean, like, what's wrong with you? Just I mean, it is the most fucking what's the what's the the therapy term for this? Like, would it be gaslighting? Would it be what trendy buzzword would you see from like toxicity? Like, like that whole idea of like man like yeah we're not any good you guys almost lost to us like what's wrong with you dude like it, it's fucking it's like reverse psychology almost it is it's yeah up they, they have been they've been a lot they've been a lot they're very excited about these high schoolers they have coming in we'll see how they translate uh wisconsin lsu lsu favored by 10 obviously no Jaden daniels yeah, but no Jaden Daniels, but they get Nussmeyer and also neighbors and Brian Brian uh Thomas Jr. Thomas. Yeah, they're they're both they opted in. They're playing in this game? Yeah. That's a shock. Uh yeah, then I'm gonna take LSU. Yeah. I, I don't see anything from Wisconsin's offense. I know that LSU's defense wasn't good, but come on now. No Mike Denbrock. He left That's LSU to go to Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, Iowa, Tennessee. I mean, under. I'm so excited for this game. Joe Milton opted out. That's why I'm excited. I'm so excited to see this Nico kid play. I, I really think this will be a lot of fun because it's a tough test for his first. I mean, that's a like. I'm not even kidding. Like Iowa's defense is awesome. I didn't even think about that. Which means that like we have we have a this this might be the biggest overreaction game of bowl season. Like, like the least to honestly take away from, but potentially the most that irrational fans and media will take from is this game. Yeah. I mean, it happened last year against Clemson, right? Oh, my God. I'm so excited. With Joe Milton? Yeah. Um, That's all of them. I think we're down to the, the New Year's Six Bowls. Let's do it. We do have the Cotton Bowl. Missouri and Ohio State. This Who's is ready on to Friday. make some money, by the way? What's that? Who's ready to make some fucking money? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. 8 p.m. Friday, ESPN, Cotton Bowl, AT&T Stadium, Arlington, Texas. Number nine, Missouri, 10 and 2 on the year. Number seven, Ohio State, 11 and 1. Ohio State currently a three-point favorite, total 49. All right. So, obviously, for Ohio State, you got Kyle McCord's out. So, Devin Brown in. Obviously, I think the... Missouri's barely got any opt-outs, right? Right. Dude, um, Ohio at, at Ohio State minus six and a half, and it's currently sitting at three. Oh, they're favored I, by three. I thought Mizzou. Had, I thought it switched over to Mizzou being favored. No, they're still favored. Um, 
Julian Fleming, starting wide receiver, hit the portal. He's out. Um, Marvin Harrison still never opted out, but I still don't see how he plays in this game. Photos from practice yesterday. He was not participating in practice. Um, I think that probably says all we need to know, but who knows? Maybe he's like going to play. He's just not trying to get, he's trying to minimize his potential injuries by, by not participating in practice. I don't know. I I think that, I think he's not going to play. Yeah. There's a couple of other guys to watch too. You've got a bunch of their starters that are going to be going to the NFL that never really officially opted out. But I think you're seeing a lot of these teams just not really say much and have the players around the team. And then we'll see who actually shows up for the game. Where do you see this one playing out? All right. So I love this game more than any other one. When I saw this open, my very first thought when I saw this open, I was like, man, there's not a game in the entire landscape of, of bowl season. There's not a game, in my opinion, that has more of a feeling of G5 versus Power 5, nothing to lose versus, you know, like lose-lose situation for Ohio State. Um, and, and and a little bit that is dr- like dramatized and, and maybe like embellished a little bit. Maybe I'm overzealous about that. But I think this is such a good spot for Missouri because Missouri's going to come into this game with so much still to prove. Like they've been they've been doubted for most of the season. Listen, I know they lost to Georgia. You they were up 22 to 7 on LSU. They're very close to being 11 and 1. But 10 and 2, it seemed like every single week that that we doubted them or or they were doubted in general, they were able to not only win but win emphatically like you saw against Arkansas, like you saw against Tennessee, like I said. Um Kentucky after being down 14-0 like they have done this all year. And they, like you said, they don't have a ton of opt-outs. I, I thought from the beginning what I didn't like the most out of this was Ohio State had 11 kids hit the portal like right away, including their starting quarterback. And the, it's not that they hit the portal. It's just the way that it happened because your team that's in the top seven and all of a sudden like everyone just it's like fleeing the scene. Um, I don't love that for them. From a betting standpoint, Tyler, I think there's so much money to be made on Mizzou. Drinkwitz on script for one they have been a good team to score first this year they scored first in nine of their 12 games currently you get them to score first at minus 120 you can also get them to to win the first half at minus 120 why is that a big deal you ask because i'm going to give you right now the lock of the entire bowl season from a betting standpoint missouri to win the first half against ohio state i fully understand ohio state's a good football team and they've also done well in the first half, but not like Mizzou. There's not been a better first-half team in the country this year than Missouri. They have led at halftime in 11 of their 12 total games. They have not trailed in any. I will say that again. Missouri has led in every single halftime except for one all season. And the one they didn't, they were tied 10-10 with UGA. They have won the first half by an average of 9.3 points per game. Um, in the first half, a scoring margin of games this year. They have just been incredible, I think, out of the gates. I love Mizzou to score first, Mizzou to first half. If you want to get frisky with this and take Mizzou first half and Ohio State to win, it's plus 700. Um, and also Mizzou's first half team total is only 10 and a half. I think they're going to score on their opening possession because I think they're going to be, like I said, on script. I-, I love this spot for Mizzou. I think they win. I wouldn't be shocked. Um... Also wouldn't shock me if it feels like everybody's on that Missouri train right now, though. Not on that score first and not on the first half, though. Yeah, not that one. Um, 
I think I'm going to ride with your bets and during this episode because my bets have gone poorly throughout the bowl season. Um, okay. All right, so we like Missouri in this game. We do. Let's, um, let's go to... You want to go chronologically? Oh, well, go ahead. I should have said this already, so I apologize. But real quick, other bets... Or we can... You know what? Remind me at the end of... Ah, fuck, I'll do it now. Other best bets from the previous bowls that we already mentioned. I should have mentioned this earlier. Louisville minus four and a half in the first half. They are 15th in first half scoring defense, allowing less than nine points per game. USC is also three and nine against the spread. So I love that one. SMU versus Boston College. SMU to score first. BC is getting outscored by 16.3 points per game in the first half of games in the last three. SMU is sixth in the country in scoring offense. Um, Boston College also four and eight against the spread. You mentioned the Arizona Oklahoma game. Arizona is 10 and two against the spread. They're a three point favorite in that one. There are three losses, by the way. They lost to Washington by seven. They lost to USC by two. They lost at Mississippi State in week two in double overtime. And last but not least, Memphis. I don't even know who they're fucking playing, Tyler. But the over is nine and two this year in games, third best in FBS. Iowa State, they're playing. There you go. Okay. I like this. Um, All right. We want to go chronologically, go to Saturday. Sure. Ole Miss, Penn State. 12 p.m. on ESPN. This is the Peach Bowl right here in Atlanta, Georgia, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Ole Miss, number 11. They're 10-2 on the season. Penn State, number 10. They're also 10-2 this season. Penn State currently favored by 4.5, total mm-hmm. 48.5. Um, let me go to the opt-outs. For, for Ole Miss, there's not a ton. Um, going through the list here, starting edge Cedric Johnson has opted out. Yep. Um, they had a few guys hit the portal, but none that played significant snaps. Um, they got their pretty much full assortment of people on offense, so not too bad for them. And for Penn State, the big ones, their Chop Robinson, their D end, opted out. Johnny Dixon, one of their top corners, opted out. And then uh, their left tackle, who's supposed to be a first round pick, declared for the NFL draft. Sounds like he's not going to play as well. Right. But Penn State still a four and a half point favorite. I I think this is a really good matchup. Like just statistics, or I mean, like that's not what I'm looking for. Um, what's what I'm looking for? Like like systematically, maybe maybe Ole Miss offensive team. Obviously, that's where their their bread and butter is. Penn State offense is terrible. They have great yeah. defensive football though. Um, top ten. In almost every defensive category, it seems like top five and a ton. Um, Manny Diaz old, has moved on from yeah. that position Duke. to go to Duke. Uh, it, it's kind of I'm kind of shocked that they're still um, actually favored. Uh, I was kind of surprised by that as well. It, it, Penn State fired their offensive coordinators. Um, they're bringing in Kansas as OC. Yeah, um, but he's obviously not going to be in this game. In fact, they're keeping their co-OCs running this game. So like there's like this chance that they could just open up the play because they've been criticized by even like their own beat writers to yeah. James Franklin about how they're not opening up the offense and not taking deep shots. The only thing I could see is in this game, it's kind of a fucking attitude from the co-OCs where it's like, we're just going to open it up. Yeah, but is James Franklin going to allow that? I don't know. Let's see. Here's my here's the best bet of this game. I'm pretty sure Ole Miss is plus money to score first. And that is, you never, whenever Vegas tells you something's free, it's always 
the opposite. But yeah. this feels like a pretty good, pretty good bet from a value standpoint, at least, because Ole Miss is a team that when they're on script, they're very, very good this year, and and they're always good under Kiffin. Um, and then you talk about the struggles that that Penn State has. I, I do think it's going to be a struggle in the run game for for Ole Miss. Um, some of the bets I like in this one, I love. Like I said, them score first. Jackson Dart over one and a half touchdowns. Uh, I think that it's going to be tough for them to come by some of those like those just typical um, running game yards, like just like from Quinshaw Judkins and, and just running straight at him. Because listen, I know Chop Robinson's out. But one thing that SEC fans are going to see when they when they see Penn State is that Penn State is like, especially on the defensive line, they're built like an SEC team. A lot of depth there, a lot of quality depth there. They'll rotate a lot of guys in and out there. Um, I think it'll have to be probably one in the air. I, I, don't, I mean, maybe I'm just biased about the SEC, but James Franklin in big games, right? Like he's terrible in his top 10. Maybe the key to this is that Ole Miss ranked 11th. I don't know. But Franklin's 0-3 against the SEC – in bowl games since he's been at Penn State. Um, I think this is a huge prove-it game uh, between the two head coaches because I think that Lane Kiffin still doesn't have, like, a huge win on his under his belt. This year it's probably the LSU game, but, you know, they got got by, by multiple people. And then you look at Penn State where it's like if they, if they lose this game to Ole Miss, regardless of who's out, regardless of bowl season, and you start talking about the hot seat that James Franklin might be on going into next year, if you can't already – if you're not if you're not competing for an S or Big Ten championships already, Right, like the ranking's great, but you're not competing for championships ever, and now you're bringing in four teams that are, are going to make it even more difficult for you. That I think that seat's going to get real hot if he doesn't win. Yeah, the, the, you you mentioned like feeling like you're getting free money. The Penn State line, like we're both confused by, kind of makes yeah. me want to take Penn State. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I just, for real. Like that's my sole reasoning. It's just like I don't see why Ole Miss would be, you know, if not within a field goal. I mean, yeah. I don't know what Penn State's done offensively to prove that they can put enough the match Ole Miss score for score. Yeah. But Vegas isn't dumb. So no. I'm going to go on their side of it. I'll, I'll take Penn State to cover. I, I think it's a good bet. I, again, I, my the favorite bets I like in that are, are prop bets. Um, where do you want to go to next? This just – yeah, this uh, – uh, 4 p.m. on Saturday on ESPN – Number six, Georgia, 12 and one versus number five, Florida State, 13 and 0. Uh, boy. The, the Orange Bowl. Uh, Florida State currently down to a 19 point underdog. Uh, Woo! 44 and a half. Um, yeah, we talked about it. I mean, it's been probably talked about ad nauseum everywhere, but how, how many opt outs Florida State has. The thing about Georgia is, you know, of course, you've got Bowers and Amarius Mems who are going to be first round guys. Yeah have opted out but majority of their talent on their team right now is young like not draft eligible so that's why they're not getting a ton of opt-outs in this game no i don't like we saw what brock glenn did and against louisville which was basically mm-hmm. nothing on offense um he got hurt in that game and i believe he's still hurt and i don't really see I, like i'm not even trying to be like fatalistic here but like i'm not quite sure how florida state is going to score like more than a touchdown. I don't dislike Florida State under seven and a half in the first half. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Um, you brought up all the guys that are losing. Let me just – our good friend Jeff Williams, um, he sent me this the other day. This is from a diehard FSU fan 
who found this on the Knowles 247 site. What Florida State is missing? 20.5% of their total tackles. So not that bad. 28.3% of their total quarterback hurries. Hate those numbers put together. Mm-hmm. Um, 70.5% of their total touchdowns scored this season. Yeah. 43 of the 61. And last but not least, 85.8% of their total offense. Yeah. And yep. it's, I'm sorry, bud. I just, <laughs> being, I, I'm not saying it to be a dick. I'm not saying it to be like to joke. I, I, it sucks. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think. I, I told you before the pod started, I think this is like their quiet way of opting out of this game is just yeah. for all the players that you had guys. It wasn't just. Uh, opting out for the NFL, but you had guys that needed surgery, could have played in this game, but kind of opted to just get the surgery and, you know, get a start on the off season. And it just is what it is, man. I mean, I, I it's, there's going to be probably, I don't know, maybe the backups since they haven't got a chance to play much this year, like they, they don't mail it in, but I, I just don't, their, their backups aren't talented enough to keep up with Georgia. No. And I like, I hope. Listen, I would love to see Florida State win this game. Oh, it'd be funny, but it would be hilarious. Because um, then to see all the Georgia fans talk, like it's been oh, interesting. Yeah. Some of the interaction with these, this, like it, it, it just is very obviously that Florida State has mailed it in. Like, yeah, it, it, and not even in a way that's like we don't care, but it's it's like we don't care. And what the fuck do you want us to do at this point? Like, what do you want yeah. us to do? It, it, it is, it is like some toxic relationship that you're once again in a fight. So it's like that. It's like this very, I've given up. I don't know what you want from me. Like what the, I'm going to my room. I don't know. I don't know what to say because yeah. this is like, they went 13 and oh, they did everything they were asked to do. Yeah. George and George is going into this. Like we're going to beat their fucking ass. It's yeah. like, yeah, of course you, you don't are. lose twice in a row. Yeah. And like, you know, everyone's getting sick of four state bitching. So they're going to want to prove a point. Four state and Georgia have had a lot of recruiting battles lately. We, yeah. taken, we took Marvin Jones off their roster recently. I mean, I, they're just, I think Kirby's going to come for blood. It's going to be bad. <laughs> I i just think even even if they were full, if, if both teams were like like healthy and, and full at, at full, what do you call it? Um, yeah, like full strength. Yeah. I was going to say full mass. I think it was like a boner reference. I don't know why yeah. I would have said that. Yeah, that's weird. Um, sorry, guys. It'd be weird if everyone just went out to play with boners. Welcome to the boner bowl. Everyone's out here at full mast. <laughs> Imagine like the pylon can to see if he crossed the, the goal line. Just yes. <laughs> you can see the, the football never right crossed. Right. We're, We're going to get canceled for sure. Um, <laughs> that's the clip. Oh, man. That's the clip. No, I, yeah. I think that even if they did both play, um, that it would have been it would have been tough in general, like for Florida state to, to get up and, and beat Georgia. I think, I think just the way the two programs are built right now, it's easier for Kirby and he's better at it than anyone else in the country of getting, of getting his team motivated. And so I think they will be very motivated. Um, it's still on a big stage. And, and I think that also you kind of look at this, like for, from Georgia standpoint, it's like, here's, here's a game where you look at next year, like you got, you got guys trying to play for spots going into next season. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, like you know, 
or or if they do plan on entering the portal, like, hey, I, you have some game film on me in a in a New Year's Six game. You know, here's what I can do. Um, I, I Bowers might be out, um, which is fine. I think I yeah. think they said Lad McConkey was full go at practice today, not full go, but he's at least playing at practice today, so that'd be good. Um, you know, if Bowers is if he's done, like. I've seen a couple of Georgia fans say that they think he's going to come back. You just why you just you almost lost your season via injury. I just yeah, that doesn't seem smart. No, but hey, nil, you know, pay him enough. He's a top five pick. He's not coming yeah. back. Um, yeah. but I, I think he, it's a tremendous job from that kid. He owes nothing to nothing more to that team or or, or fans. I, I think he's a he's been a tremendous teammate too. I think. Um, so that's all I have to say about that one. I think Georgia wins. I think they went big. I think this is a snooze fest. And there's a there's actually another game on during it, which might actually get people watching just because of how bad this one might be, which is the fucking Barstool Bowl on the CW Network. Wow. So there's that. <laughs> uh, the last one before we get to the playoff games is the Fiesta Bowl, uh, Liberty and Oregon. Um. So Liberty got the G5 spot in the New Year's Six. The current president, I heard, can't find the G spot at all. President of the university. That's a sex joke because he was a swinger and a cuck. Admittedly. (laughs) Uh, Liberty 13-0. Oregon number eight, 11-2. This is a 17-point spread. Total 67 uh Bo Nix obviously decided to play in this game which is pretty cool um mm-hmm. but outside of him it looks like they will be without Troy F- Franklin who is their best receiver this year Kyrie Jackson probably their best corner um their starting center is not playing in this game um there's some other guys that may or may not play um I don't know you know I, I to be honest I haven't watched a ton of Liberty I miss the yeah. days when uh, what was that quarterback's name that they had that was like a staple on oh. our podcast? Hold on. Liberty quarterbacks 2017. Like it was like yeah. Buckshot Calvert, baby. Buckshot Calvert. God, what a name. Hey, Liberty's come um, up a long way since then. And so it, it's funny because I just typed in Liberty quarterback 2017 and it says, under Turner Gill's guidance, quarterback Stephen Buckshot Calvert rewrote Liberty's passing record book in 2017. Uh, the quarterback's record-breaking seasons started when he threw for a school record 447 yards over Baylor. Anyway, um, I think this is interesting for a lot of I got a lot of numbers on this one, so you got to bear with me here. Okay, um, okay. this is the G5 versus Power Five game that happens every year. Now, what is just off the top of your head? What is the record? Do you think of of G5 opponents playing Power Five teams? Like straight up, yeah. In in New Year's Six games, mm, including the playoff, I can remember Boise winning one. Do you know they beat Oklahoma, Arizona? Didn't they beat Boise, Arizona? Oklahoma? Was like 2000, 2007, dude. Well, that was still like a yes, well, wasn't it? No, doesn't count. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about like strictly in the in the playoff era. The G5 versus Power 5 game. There's one every year. I can't, yeah, I can't remember the last time. In G- oh, oh, Tulane beat USC. Yeah. 
last year. Is that the only one? I thought G5s are four and five in that game. Really? Yeah. So they had well, you left out one that I'm kind of shocked. Oh yeah, Houston, Houston Florida State. Yeah, Florida State. Um, Wisconsin beat Western Michigan the following year. UCF beat Auburn. So at the start of this, the first four years of this, the 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 G5 schools were actually three and one. Um, it is four and five overall. That includes Bama beating Cincinnati, but even some of these losses, right? Um, some of the numbers. Memphis, are kind Memphis of, played Penn State close. They, they lost by 14, but they put up 39 points on them. Yeah. Um, since I mean, Georgia had a walk-off field goal to beat Cincinnati. Bama handled Cincy 27 to six. Tulane won, like you said. LSU was a one-score game, 40 to 32. Um, G5 teams are four and four in the non-cultural playoff New Year's Six bowls. They're one and three in the last five years. Tulane had the one-point win. Um, three of those losses to Power 5 teams, were Power 5 teams coming off a loss in the conference championship game, which is what Oregon is. Um, so if you're looking towards that. I will say, in those games, you, you already heard me put up the numbers, um, 38, 38, 34, 32, 39, and 46. They put up over 30 points in six of the eight games. Uh, hmm. Liberty is a school that they rank – they are a mirror offensively of, from a statistical standpoint of Oregon. They played one of the weakest schedules in the entire country. It's it's outside of the top 130 out of like 133 total. But first quarter points per game, they're tied uh, with Oregon at third in the country with 11 points per game in the first quarter. First half points per game, Oregon is third. Liberty is fourth, 23.9 and 23.7 points per game in the first half. And then overall points per game, Oregon is fourth in the country with 41.1. Liberty is fifth at 40.8. So the number on this game for the over has been one of the most bet up, uh, like, I guess, numbers you, you've seen the entire time. It's, it's up to 67 and a half. It opened at like 62 or 63. Um, then I'm also seeing right now Oregon's dropped on the 16 and a half. I, I think this is a game that Oregon will kind of like Blitzkrieg, uh, Liberty. Liberty hasn't played anybody. Bo Nix coming out in his last game. The things I see playing out in this game, I love um, Oregon over 23.5 total points in the first half. If if you can get Bo Nix over 2.5 total passing touchdowns, I love that. Um, I, I, I think Oregon covers in this game. I think this is also a send-off game for Bo Nix where they, they give him the reins and, and try to get him as many yards and, and numbers as possible um, and, and in his eight-year career. Uh, I, I think Oregon wins big in this one. It might be close early, maybe when Liberty's on script, since they do have a, a high-powered offense that they're able to put up some points early, but I don't see them being able to save them late. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think the... I just don't see Liberty having a chance to win this game. 17's a ton of points, especially if, you know, you play Bo Nix for the first half, and then you... Right. Under the backup center, their backup transferred once Dylan Gabriel transferred in, so... I don't know what that looks like in the second half. I mean, first half bets on Oregon, I think, are the play here. Yeah. All yeah. right. Are you ready for the uh, playoff? Let's do it. Let's start with Texas, Washington. Texas, number three, 12 and one versus number two, Washington, 13 and 0. This is in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Washington currently a four point underdog, total 63 and a half. This game is at 845 on Monday on ESPN. 
there's no way this game kicks off before 9.30. Yeah, it's going to be a late one. Yeah. It's a school night. It hate that. Night. Is it? Oh, yeah, it's Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Washington's kind of, I, I feel like they were kind of being doubted towards the end of the year. And they yeah. had that emphatic win over Oregon. I don't know. seems like a lot of disrespect for an undefeated champion of maybe the best conference this year. The best conference, for sure. I think um, Connor and I talked about this today on our Bet the Bulls preview. And he brought up this comp that I was shocked that he did. Because I, I was going to bring it up, and I thought I was the smart one in this, in this specific instance. They remind me so much of 2022 TCU. So much. They are they like all they did was beat ranked team after ranked team after ranked team. They finished the season undefeated. Very difficult to do in college football. No, they didn't. Washington? No, TCU. I, I know. I'm talking about okay, Washington. I, all right. I thought you were yeah. I thought you were saying TCU last year. Because the same no. type of resume, right? Kept beating Still ranked resume, teams. They finished twelve and zero in the regular season. Yep. Then they go to the bowl game. They lose the bowl game to K-State by three in overtime, so they still get into the playoff. But, like, even during the season, that TCU team, man, you remember how many times they were ranked or they were playing a ranked opponent and they just never moved up. Like They were constantly outside the top five, and it was like – and it wasn't until the end of – it wasn't until, like, the championship weekend that it was like, oh, yeah, they're shooting because they lost in the championship weekend, still got in. Um, very good team, very good at, at, at being so efficient – um, and the the way they're able to execute on offense, just like that TCU team was, very veteran team as well, very very veteran team. Um, I think that going into this game, both like if you if you're like the casual fan is going to look at this and be like, oh man, it's going to be so high scoring. There's going to be so many points in this one. Washington's offense, Texas's offense, and all that's fine. I think that both of these teams have. What like what really set them apart and what got them here is the stuff that we don't talk about enough. Washington is able to beat you in a number of ways. If they if they want to run the ball, we've seen them win games and they have to run. When they need to to buckle down on defense, when they don't score a single point in the second half against Oregon State, they're able to beat you on defense. Like they're a much better equipped team, or like you know top to bottom, I think in all three phases than, than people give them credit for. Texas, by the way, Pepper, shut up! She's killing me. Love her to death. She just won't stop. She just wants to be at my feet all the time. Um, anyway, Texas is 24th in total yards per game. Uh, they're top 30 in total yards per game allowed, yards per play allowed. They're top 15 in scoring defense, or ranked 13th. They're top five in rushing defense, third in total yards per game allowed, and fifth in rush yards per carry allowed. The only thing, and I've heard a lot of people point this out, and I think it's stupid, to be honest, is – where you try to exploit them and where you try to attack them is is through the passing game because Washington has a great passing offense. They throw the ball over sixty percent of their plays, which is which is more than most teams in the country. But Texas's passing defense is ninety fourth in the country in in yards per game allowed. Do you know why that's a, a a hollow stat, Tyler? Is that like total yards? Yeah. I mean, my guess is they face a lot of passing because they're always ahead. Exactly. They're top 30 in yards per attempt at only 6.7 yards per attempt allowed. And they're also eighth in the country in total interceptions with 16, which is really, really good. I, I just think that they're going to be 
they're they're really good on both sides of the ball, and they're really good up front. I think the the all the matchups that make that are most intriguing to me from a breaking this thing down is not Texas offense versus Washington's defense and how Sark is going to get, you know, Jatavian Sanders and and Whittington and A.D. Mitchell and and like Xavier Worthy and everyone else the ball right or Washington being able to get all those receivers the ball or if they're going to be able to run on Texas. The matchup for me is Texas's defense and their front seven defensive line, which we saw against Alabama, was really good. And then Washington, who has their offensive line, won the Joe Moore Award. So is this going to play out like it did in Tuscaloosa, where you have this very highly touted offensive line for Alabama, and they give up five sacks versus Texas, who gave up none that game against a very good pass rush? I think that's what's what I'm most interested in in terms of how this thing plays out. What about you? Yeah, I think the I don't know that Washington's faced at least a defensive line like Texas has. Um, That being said, I think betting wise, I I would like to take Washington with the points simply because it's with you know higher than a field goal. Yeah, I think Washington, to your point, time and time again has has come to the table in these big matchups and surprised honestly. Um, some of the games where they didn't look as good, they you know they were not as highly touted matchups. You look at yeah. at the time, um, was it was it no? Well, they played Arizona State, and it was just kind of a nothing game, and they looked like shit in that game. But then when it came to rise up against Oregon twice, they were able to do it both times. Um, USC so, on the road, yeah. And I just think that um, I just think that they'll have enough firepower to keep with Texas a little bit, and. If it was going to be, you know, if this was like Texas minus two and a half, I'd probably take Texas. But yeah. because it's four, I think I like Washington, but I still like Texas to win the game. So it'll be close. You know, I think Texas maybe wins by three. The, where the line is set, it's at 64 and a half. So what Vegas is telling you is that they're thinking Texas 34 to 30, which I think is exactly about right. I, I'd yeah. said 34 to 30 or 34 to 31. Um, I think it's about where this game lands. I, I like two really, really good good football teams. I, I I think this too, man, and I could be overreacting or just because they haven't been played yet, but like, I just get the feeling that this is the most evenly matched cultural playoff from top to bottom. This like that we've seen, like mm-hmm. I think any four of these teams are good enough to win. I think the team that is going to win the national championship could easily come from this game. Um, I like Texas to win. I do think it'll be something that is, is a little bit more high scoring, especially in the first half. But I, I just like Texas defense better. I think they're a better overall team. Um, but man, like you know, I just after all the things I said about Washington, people sleeping on them. Here I go again, doing that exact thing. I, I would not be shocked if they win. It's, it's it's it really is two great stories. They they met last year in the Holiday Bowl or the Alamo Bowl, and the two teams are twenty five and one since then. It's a really cool story. Yeah, that is cool. Um, you know, Michael Penix is the last game at Washington, so yeah. Um, all right. Final game. Pause it. Big one. All right. Number one, Michigan versus number four, Alabama. This is in the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, as they like to say. And it the, the line has not moved a ton. Um, it's still at Michigan minus one and a half, total 45. This game is the earlier game on Monday, 5 p.m. on ESPN. I'm just going to be honest, Chris. I'm kind of buying into the stats that you've been bringing up. Of, And I just think out of all the questioning we've done about the playoff teams, 
Michigan has been the one team that just has kind of like, hey, we just kind of skated through. And of course, they did have to beat Ohio State, but yeah, the very last game of the year, they had to play somebody. It's crazy. Yeah, I kind of feel like they're a little bit of smoke and mirrors, honestly. Um, Why do you and think I, that? Well, we, you brought up the stats since Connor Stallion. You know, people forget, Chris, that they actually cheated through most of the way through the first part of the season. People do forget yep. that. They do be forgetting. Uh, so people do be forgetting these stats, but the 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 lines on McCarthy before and after our boy Stallions was uh, abducted and sent on his way out of Ann Arbor. Pretty stark for J.J. McCarthy, and I think, um, you know, obviously they've got a really good run game. Right. But I don't know that they've faced – I mean, uh, granted, Ohio State has a really good defense as well, and to an extent, Iowa. But – I don't know that they've seen anything like Bama's defensive line. And I think, you know, at Bama, I, I think Bama has a lot to prove. You know, there's obviously a lot of drama around them getting in. Mm-hmm. And some of that could have been directed more at Michigan. Like I said, I think between the two, I think Bama may be the better team. Um, but it does scare me that this line hasn't changed at all. And, and it should. Yeah. Vegas is just begging people to take Bama. Begging. Begging them. And I hate that. that. If I'm actually going to go through this, but I, I do think that Bama will win the game. It'll be close. Yeah. But that being said, I hate the pick because I would have expected that Michigan line to move a long time ago, and it just never has. Unless there's going to be late, heavy money on Bama, just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Do you think there will be? I think there's always potential, but I think that could be more to just move the line so more people could bet Michigan. I don't know. I don't know. Either one would be shocked if this line doesn't move. You think it's gonna there's gonna be late money that comes in? Yes. All right, what's your what's your breakdown of the game though? All right, here you go. I'm sure you've done no research. Where do we start? Let me start by telling you all the things about Michigan. I did this research a long time ago. And this is where they this team ranks. Okay, they rank number one in scoring margin, scoring defense, pass touchdowns allowed, only seven all year, by the way. Um, number one in red zone touchdowns allowed, only nine all year. First half scoring defense, only five points per game in the first half of games this year. Uh, fourth quarter points allowed, and opponents yards per point, and oh, also penalties per game. They're very fundamentally sound, only 2.9 per game. Uh, by the way, that was just where they ranked number one, Tyler. They ranked number two in pass defense, total defense, turnover margin, plus 17, by the way. Um, red zone trips allowed, 20-plus yards or 20-plus yard plays allowed, and opponent first downs allowed. Third in total turnovers. They've only had five turnovers all year, Tyler. They've only had five turnovers all year, and they've only had um, – they average 2.9 penalties per game. They're very well coached when he's there, I guess. Um, top five and just all those things I just said, rush TDs allowed total interceptions, 16, by the way. Um, they're very good. They're very good. I thought about saying like, like what, how do I want to attack this Tyler? How do I want to attack? Do I want to be like objective, which is always, it's always what I want to be. Do I want to be objective and do what's been working for me this year, which is emotionally hedging? Kinda, (laughs) kinda. But I'm not going that route. I'm not going to go that route. Someone said the other day on Twitter, and it's, it's a Georgia fan listens to the pod, and they said, "Angry Marler is the best Marler." 
And Michigan makes me very angry, Tyler. They make me very angry. <laughs> they fucking cheated. Plain and simple. You cheated. You're lucky to be here. Not only are you lucky to be here, but you somehow got a number one seed because of that fucking helmet that you see right here and, the, and their blue blood status, which I think totally hinges on everything they were able to do before the fucking Korean War. Here's some numbers for you, Tyler. Michigan has won half a national championship since 1948. Half. Half. Wow. Same, same statistical number of games that, that Jim Harbaugh was allowed to coach in this year because he cheated is half. They played nobody. They were 74th in the country in strength of schedule going into last year's Ohio State game. They were outside of the top 60 this year going into it. They played nobody until the last month of the season. Here's a fun fact for you. When Connor Stallions, noted cheater, who was later dismissed or he resigned or however you want to phrase it if you're Michigan, right? And then to say he was on the team for the first seven games of the year, J.J. McCarthy was a front runner for the Heisman Trophy. He had 17 total touchdowns in those seven games. In his last five, he has one. He has one total touchdown. That's wild, man. That's wild. And and I've heard I've heard Michigan fans tell me why that is. It's not because of Connor Stallions, you fucking idiot. It's not because of Connor Stallions. It's because they, they had to play good teams. I got news for you guys. This isn't fucking Maryland. This isn't fucking Iowa. Like I said last year for Georgia Tennessee, this isn't fucking Pitt. This is Alabama. You played your you played four offenses or defenses all year in the ranks in the top 40. Penn State, Ohio State, Maryland, and Iowa. Shockingly enough, those are the four games you had your lowest output offensively. Isn't that weird how that works? JJ McCarthy, one total touchdown in his last five games. Well, it's because against Penn State, he was hurt and we ran the ball down their throat. You're not going to fucking run it down Bama's throat. There's, there, you're just not going to. That's not a recipe for success against Nick Saban. Jim Harbaugh's 0 6 in bowl games. 0 6. And if you well, think like that doesn't matter. Yeah, and you give Saban time to repair. I'm glad you said that, Tyler. You know what Saban's record is when he has a month to repair? Ten and one. Mm. You know what his record is in, in playoff games? This is his seventh college football semifinal. Or, I'm sorry, this is eighth. His eighth in ten years. Okay, he's six and one in college football playoff semifinals. He had that one loss in 2014, and mm-hmm. since then he's six and zero. Oh. Not only is he six and zero. Oh, but he's 6-0 with an average margin of victory of over 20 points per game. Only two of those teams scored over 10 points. Mm. Only one of them scored over 14. This is not Pitt. This is not Penn State. This is not... This is... Hold on. This is not Ohio State. This is none of those teams. This is a totally different fucking animal. And if you think that you're going to line up and play Alabama the way that I've seen Michigan play their games because there is a level of stubborn arrogance that comes from Michigan that no other team or fan base has. And what I mean by that is I saw this in the 2019 game. Like Jim Harbaugh is a very stubborn individual, very stubborn individual. I believe he might have one foot out the door, to be honest, because the way this season has played out for him. But he's a very stubborn individual. And if you don't think there's part of him that's going to go into this saying like, we're like, he's already gaslit everyone on his team and fan base into believing they're somehow being persecuted by everyone else. Everyone else is wrong. Not them. Bet. Hashtag bet. Shut the fuck up. So, so you go into this game 
And they, we saw what they did against Penn State. We saw the way they, 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 they don't do anything where they have to, like, overexert themselves on offense, take any kind of chances and stuff like that. This is, this is a different fucking animal. I guarantee you that Dallas Turner and Terry and Arnold and Chris Braswell and Kool-Aid McKinstry and even true freshman Caleb Downs are different than any other fucking person you've played against, at least on one unit. And I don't want to hear about Ohio State. I don't. Because I've seen how soft that defense can be even with stars. I saw it last year against Georgia. This is when they played an SEC team. Michigan is one of two teams in the Big Ten that has an all-time winning record against the SEC. And I've heard that being brought up a lot, too. Do you know what the record is? It's 14-11, and 11, Tyler. And four of those wins are against Vandy, Georgia Tech, and Tulane. Nothing about this program impresses me. Nothing about this team it makes me think that they're going to just waltz into the Rose Bowl and get to the national championship game playing the brand of football they've played. I remember in 2019 when they played in the Citrus Bowl against a, a two-loss Alabama team starting a backup quarterback. And I remember me and Connor talking about it on the old podcast, and they said, he's like, what do you think they're going to play, do defensively? They, surely they can't be playing the same defense that Don Brown, deep coordinator, has been playing with a single high safety, not with those four receivers. First play out of the gates. Michigan does what Michigan does, which is be stubborn and arrogant and beat their chest because we're fucking Michigan. And they run a single high safety, and Jerry Judy ran for a 75-yard touchdown. Like, nothing about this, this team scares me. Nothing about this team and program makes me believe that they are a true blue blood because of all the things I just fucking told you. And I will say it, hopefully, for the second to last time this season. I don't give a shit if you played in Happy Valley and are wide out. I don't care if you played Ohio State at home in the game. I don't give a shit about any of that. Because at 5 o'clock on January 1st, I hope you got a whole fuck ton of resolutions written down because you're going to be a lot of free time on your hands after this game. Because at 5 o'clock, you're going to tee up that ball and you got to line up and play fucking Alabama. And I can't fucking wait, Tyler. It's not going to go well for them in your, uh, in your eyes. No. Damn, that's 24-20. Low scoring fair. I expect to be chewing my nails off the entire game. Dude, uh, real quick. There's one stat I left out. Damn it. But you brought up the fact that might, they might be an underdog. Since 2009, Alabama has been an underdog five times. The 2009 SEC Championship game, 2015 Georgia, 2021 Georgia, and 2023 Georgia um, SEC Championship game, right? They, they are four and one of those games, and they've won them by an average of 16 points per game. A lot going on in, in the favor of the old Crimson Tide there. Love it. Uh, so we both have Texas versus Alabama, which I think would set up a perfect storybook ending of Saban's career. You know? Yep. Rematch with Texas, the one team he lost to this year, beat them, win the championship right off into the sunset. Right off the fucks up the next hire. They go into a seven-year swoon, and then, you know, we see what happens. Just give me this one. That's all I want. <laughs> All right, well, we will obviously not be recording this Sunday because it is New Year's Eve. So by the time we record next time, we will know who is going to be in the championship game. For Chris's sake, we hope it's Alabama. Yes, that's right. Maybe for America's sake, you know? Let's take down Michigan. Yeah. All right, guys, we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to the pod. Um, Best of luck to your teams. And Georgia fans, if Force somehow pulls this off, you may never hear the end of it all right right, for chris i'm tyler thanks for tuning in guys we will talk to you next week